All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. Back from Seattle, back in the big chair. Today is Monday, October 25th. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show, streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, of course, also at dailyfaceoff.com. Pleased to welcome back Bryce Salvador, former NHL captain for the New Jersey Devils, now an analyst on MSG Network covering the Devils. Bryce, how you doing? Great, Frank. I'm glad to be back for my second week. You didn't cut me, so preseason must have went well. Um, and now I'm getting to my first regular season game. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, unlike the Blackhawks, we have a lead uh, story that is, and that would actually be in Toronto. So let's drop the puck to put two minutes and 30 seconds on the timer. And let's discuss the biggest story of the weekend, the Toronto Maple Leafs 7-1 loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Leafs enter the season yet again with Stanley Cup expectations and hopes and off to a really tough start to this season. For me, when I look at this situation, Bryce, it's really just a reminder that when their big three forwards aren't scoring and you get through the first six games, little asterisk here with Austin Matthews only playing three games, but you've got Matthews, Marner, and Tavares combining for one goal in six games. It, the, the bottom six of that group isn't competitive enough to lift up the Leafs. It sure isn't. You're talking four points and you've got $33 million tied up in those three players. And that really ties everybody's hands in that organization. What are you going to do if those guys aren't going? And on top of that, you know, Frank, when you really look at it, it's not that they're just not scoring goals. This also affects the power play, which has gone, which has gone 0 for 12 in the last four games. And so when your power play isn't connecting because those guys aren't going, you can say all you want. It's the next guy up. 
but literally there isn't anybody else can come in and take over what these guys can do and and so i look at the studs obviously need to get going that will help their power play which will then get them into games and help them win some games and then lastly i've been tracking i went back and tracked their momentum goals and this is these are goals frank that i also track with the devils between games where i'm looking at seeing okay how many goals are they giving up within, within the first three four minutes of each period to start and to finish and they gave up nine of the 17 goals in the last four games were these momentum goals against, especially against Pittsburgh, where they gave two, two goals within the first three minutes of the second period and then two goals in the, la- in the third period also within the first three minutes. So those are momentum goals. Those tell me that they're, one, not coming prepared to start the periods. So either it's the leadership inside that locker room or it's the coaching staff not their messaging getting lost. So something needs to change there when you're seeing that many, what I call momentum goals going against you. Yeah, and and for so much talent, the power play really shouldn't be struggling. You look at other teams that struggled with their power play. Anaheim, they go out and bring in Jeff Ward as an assistant coach. He's helped turn around their power play to start this season. I don't think this comes down to Sheldon Keefe and the coaching staff. That's the too easy answer. To me, it's on the big three forwards. So what do you do? Do you make a trade? Or does Kyle Dubas and the Maple Leafs say, oh, it's only six games and we're going to triple down on this roster after doubling down in the offseason and essentially running back the same core? We'll see what that future holds here in the next few days and or weeks. So let's go from one tough start and situation to another in Chicago. And I have to ask you, as a former player here, everyone saw the optics and, and got a look at Jeremy Colleton late in the third period. Hawks down 6-3, and the players are all huddling around the bench, and he basically hands them the whiteboard to draw up a play. I know what the players have said publicly about supporting Jeremy Colleton, and and certainly no question in that belief. I actually think that they like Jeremy Colleton and and what, you know, the message and what he brings to that team, but something isn't working when you go this long. An NHL record 360 minutes and 57 seconds to start a season without having the lead – If you're a player in that room, Bryce, and the coach hands you the whiteboard at a timeout, is that common? Like, what? How how does that work? And what would you be feeling? Well, it's not common how that looked, and that's really what it comes down to: is the perception optically when things aren't going well in your season, right? They're having a very bad start. We've been well documented, but then you have Colton hand the board over to the players and. It's one thing I was, you know, I had some conversations with some people. It's one thing if you just, you're still holding the board and say you give the marker to one of the players and say, hey, you know, maybe they didn't understand something and they're drawing what they're thinking. But it really looked like he was giving over the reins to the players and saying, you know what, I'm out of solutions for you guys. Jonathan Taze, hey, captain, Stanley Cups, like, what, what should we do here? And um, so, so I, look, I, I wouldn't read too much into it from the player's perspective. Because everyone inside that locker room is going to be like, hey, we're all in this together. We're not leaving anyone to hang out to dry. So, hey, here's a couple, you know, we're trying to get some momentum here at this point in the game. Uh, here's here's maybe a suggestion. But optically, Frank, it just doesn't look well. Um, and you saw Twitter and everyone, you know, immediately jumped all over this this situation here. So, you know, no one expected Flurry to have the start that he's had. You know, he's he's got to start, he's got to start stopping the puck. And I'm not putting everything on him. 
And then there's oh, obviously I mean, the look Seth at some Jones of the situation. turnovers yeah. they've been dealing with. I mean, like Calvin yeah. DeHaan shoveling that puck up the boards. That's a beer league turnover. Like I, some of the turnovers that Seth Jones has had, their defensive zone play has been sloppy. And, you know, as much as people want to focus on the coach, I reported last week that, uh, you know, even as they got off to an 0-3 start, that Jeremy Colleton was safe. The longer this goes on, I don't know how you can continue uh, to ignore this situation. So that's something that may come to a head. Uh, yeah. I got a chance to head out to Seattle this weekend. Bryce saw the Kraken in their home opener at Climate Pledge Arena. First game there. What an unbelievable building and scene that was. And just struck spending a few days around the team, just all the things that they've done right. You know, yes, the logo, the jerseys, the branding, the marketing, uh, the facilities, magnificent. Uh, both that and the practice facility. They've, they've done everything top-notch. Uh, I love what they've done off the ice and in their front office, not just in the hockey operations department, but also throughout the entire front office, diversity, equity, inclusion, so important to continue those conversations. My thought and, and question to you is, you know, this is the NHL's shiny new toy and off to a bit of a bumpy start at one, four and one, you got to close out that home opener against the Canucks with a lead in the third period. But what are you seeing from the Kraken to start? And, and what kind of pressure sort of ramps up here? It's not the Vegas comparison. It's not fair to even go down that path. But in terms of that shiny new toy, at a certain point, even when you do all those things right, you know, that shine starts to wear off if you're not competitive and don't win. But uh, I, obviously not anywhere close to that yet. Um, what are you seeing from the Kraken to start? Well, they definitely are going to have a runway here to kind of sell in in terms of their performance. And, and I was fortunate to see them play the Devils the second game in the season. I was between the benches, Frank. And, and what I really liked was their defensive structure. Dave Haxel's really got them playing sound, especially through the neutral zone. They're doing a great job defensively. They're allowing the 10th lowest ozone time against them, right? So it tells me that they're committed. They're playing well. They worked their way back into the game against the Devils after losing 6-1 to the Flyers the night before. So that tells me that they're resilient and the commitment was there even on those back-to-backs. But their jerseys look awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to you know, I'm not gonna lie about that when I'm between the benches. And, and I have to also admit that their back end is big. And they were moving the puck very well. I was surprised, Frank. Um, I didn't know what to expect of that team. And so on the ice, it might take a little bit of time. But uh, Jared McCann, he's been phenomenal so far for this team. And it's... It was really interesting to see him play when he's not being overshadowed by, you know, superstars. So he's been uh, a nice uh, surprise for that organization. And, and it'll be interesting to kind of tie back to the business operations. I've been hearing that rumor, and I know you have too, Frank, is with them playing Montreal, is there maybe a banner going up in the stand? So it'll be interesting to see. And if you want to kind of uh, lead off of that one, both the uh, Montreal, you know, is the last time, you know, Seattle won the Stanley Cup for a lot of people who know I've been hearing that. So that's the rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, but um, that organization is doing it right off the ice. That's for sure. Yeah, and already hung a banner, actually retiring the number 32 for their 32nd franchise and also the 32,000 season ticket deposits that they had in the first day. Eh, kind of felt like that was a little bit of a whiff, maybe taking things a little bit too far, but they've done just yeah. about everything right, as I said. Uh, speaking of a place where, you know, coming in with high expectations and hopes, but maybe not everything getting off on the right foot, the Colorado Avalanche, the sexy Stanley Cup pick this year. I didn't go with them because you got to go bold if you're going to make a prediction. I'm all about the bold picks. 
not necessarily the safe ones. And, and you saw the way that Colorado came out of the gates, I guess, against Chicago and, and, and how easy things looked in that first period for them. A lot of people were saying, man, the Avalanche are going to be so good. And they, they may still be. They've dealt with some injuries, but they're two and three. And they've, start this, they've started the season, yes, uh, losing a couple games to some teams like Florida, like St. Louis, that have been incredible to start. What are you seeing from the Avs in their first couple games? And what is your level of concern there? Uh, well, I had this team, you know, as my one of my conference finalists against the Vegas Golden Knights, and both those teams are playing each other next. We'll see how that goes, little preview. But for me, even strength, their studs have been getting the job done, right? They're all pretty much averaging a point a game. But what I've noticed is it's their special teams, Frank. Their power play is clicking at 10%, only two power play goals. With that firepower, kind of goes back to the Toronto conversation. Those guys need to generate offense on the power play. Last year, finished eight. Now, I also go back to their penalty kill. Equally not doing as good as it did last year. Ranked 16th in the National Hockey League this year. Last year, they finished eighth. So, when you don't have the special teams clicking in today's game you're just not going to have success even strength teams are playing so well uh, defensively their structure their third guys are always playing above the puck so when you get those opportunities especially on the power play you have to get the job done and then lastly for me is Dar uh, Darcy Kemper uh, this is a goaltender that doesn't in my opinion really know how to be on a team that has a lot of expectations so he spent four seasons in Arizona now he's come here to be the number one goalie on a cup contending team so there's expectations there's pressure he's got a below 900 save percentage so maybe uh, our boy Mike McKenna can kind of give our, his take on maybe if Darcy can kind of settle in and give this team some confidence in between the pipes yeah and hey by the way Darcy Kemper my pick uh, to win the Vezina. I think he was the best goalie available this summer. I think given those expectations, maybe a little bit of a bumpy start and, and he'll find a way to settle in. I, I think we all expect the Colorado Avalanche to bounce back pretty early, but I don't think it was fair to pay so much attention to the Leafs and all these other teams that are getting the headlines without also including the sexy Stanley Cup pick in <laughs> the conversation as well. So now let's get to our guest segment of the day. We're calling it the All 32, where we check in with beat writers from around the National Hockey League. And let's bring in Rob Rossi from The Athletic, good friend of the show, to talk about the incredible start that the Pittsburgh Penguins have been off to this season. 3-0-2 to start. Obviously, that game in Toronto, uh, against Toronto on Saturday night, excuse me, uh, a fantastic effort for the Penguins getting... Uh, goals from a lot of different uh, contributors there to start missing all these top players Sidney Crosby, uh, Evgeny Malkin, Jeff Carter, their top three centers go down the list Chris Letang, Tristan Jari. It's been incredible what the Pens have been off to. So, Rob, my question for you is who gets the credit for the Pens' hot start? For me, it's Mike Sullivan. I have to agree with you there, Frankie. I mean, I, I just think this guy is. You know, absurdly, I, I saw him on, you know, some of our colleagues around the league were talking about him being the first coach fired and I kept telling people that couldn't be the furthest from the truth, uh, A, because it's not warranted, and B, they're not going to need his contract. But I just think this guy, so much attention has been focused on the first round exits, and that's fair. The expectation here is pretty high, but, you know, each of the last two postseasons, this guy's had goaltenders that have um, – had sub 900 save percentage. I don't know a coach that can, can overcome that. Uh, 
They've led the league in man games lost to injury uh, cumulatively over the last two years. Uh, they have been sixth overall in points percentage over that span. And what they're doing this year, it's not just that they're 3-0 and 2. It's that they're 3-0 and 2 against teams that, you know, four of these teams have had goalies that won Vesna trophies. Uh, they've done this against uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Toronto, two teams that had high expectations and were well thought of coming in, uh, and Florida, which is is looking like a, a team that's, that can contend for the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, they get Tampa Bay here again on Tuesday night. It's a, I think it's a testament to Mike Sullivan that he's getting buy-in from everybody, but also that none of these guys, whether they're Evan Rodriguez, Frank, who is, you know, found himself in probably as number one center between uh, Jake Gensel and Kasperi Kapanen on Saturday, or if it's a guy like Drew O'Connor, who didn't really look that great last year, um, went into the uh, summer, was told to get bigger, was told to work on his skating, has come back as a better skater, noticeably, and looks like an NHL player. Um, they just have had guys continue to sort of fill in these roles. It can't go on forever, but this is a great coach, and I think his fingerprints are all over these first couple of weeks. Well, Rob, this is Bryce here, and just have played against, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins for so long. One thing I just saw, it didn't matter who was out of lineup, you had the same structure on the ice. You still had that swagger and confidence with the guys skating with the puck. That They just knew that they were going to win, and that obviously comes from the cups and the culture and the leadership from guys like Crosby. But I have to go back to goaltending, and would you not say that's, you know, Tristan Jari's performance so far has been the biggest positive surprise. He's got a 943 save percentage, which is the fourth best of any goalie has played at least four games. And then also he's got a 147 goals against uh, uh, goals against average, and so that ties with uh, Igor Shosturkin. So you have to be happy if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fans that the way that he's responded so far. Oh, absolutely, and I think it was fair to be concerned given the way the postseason went, given the way last season went. He didn't have a good season, but um, I keep trying to remind myself and everybody that Jerry is a, a young goalie in terms of his um, NHL experience, and so. Maybe some of the struggles we saw last year is, is what happens to a goalie that has talent that, you know, has kind of his first taste of success, which he did two years ago when he was an all-star. And then, you know, maybe he didn't handle the, the primary role all that well in his first real run with it. But so far, he's been fantastic. Uh, the game against Toronto, there were 10 minutes in that game where Toronto was interested. And in those 10 minutes... Uh, they peppered him, and he was absolutely up to the task. And, I, you know, the saying in Pittsburgh has always been, it's it's not about the ones you allow, it's about the ones you stop. And uh, it, it that, that saying basically is a sort of playoff what Tom Barrasso used to say was, I don't care about the ones that I allowed, I'm worried about making the next save. And when you played in Pittsburgh behind those offensive powerhouse teams, that sort of you had to take into account that a goalie probably wasn't going to have great numbers, but a goalie could win. Um, but Jari, when he's been at his best, has posted great numbers. And um, I think so far this season, he's been their best player. And if you would have told me that um, when the, the postseason couldn't have gone worse for him, I, I would have thought you living in a dream world. But that's the world we're existing right now. 
Yeah, nice to see Jari bounce back, Rob. And, you know, I just go back to kind of what Jim Rutherford said a number of years ago, back when Flurry and Murray were still in net. He said, this Jari kid is going to be better than Matt Murray. And I was kind of like, really? Matt Murray, the guy that just won you a Stanley Cup? He, yeah. The goalie whisperer then had the confidence in him. But quickly, Rob, as we, we wrap up here, Sidney Crosby still not uh, back yet. I think a lot of people were expecting him sort of, you know, maybe the end of the first week of the season. It seemed like right out of training camp as he was getting back to practice that he was getting awfully close. And yet here we are, October 25th, not back yet. Give us a projection on when the Penguins are going to see Sid back. Well, I'll say this. Uh, I ran into Sidney Crosby's father, Troy, for the first time since the pandemic. And he's in Pittsburgh along with his wife. And they're in for a week. And... Um, I'm guessing they came here because they're expecting to see their son play hockey sometime during that week. Uh, Crosby did work out on the ice uh, with a couple of teammates and then participated in practice. Um, I don't, my guess is he's not going to be a go for against Tampa, but I think after that, um, I think, you know, we start getting into the guessing game after that. They're, you know, they've got five games left on this homestand, Frank. And um, I was told going into this that the projection was Crosby would play at some point on this homestand. I still think we're going to see that. My guess is if you're looking to target a date, maybe closer to the weekend. But, um, you know, with him, it's it's a matter of, as he has said, getting some physical contact on that wrist, um, you know, putting it through the test he needs to be comfortable with to make sure it can go through a game. But he's been slowly incorporating those things in. And I think, um, I think we're closer to seeing that than getting resolution on guys like Chris Letang and Jeff Carter, because I mean, didn't see either of them again today. And, you know, you have to assume that they're now full in on the COVID dilemma. So even if the Penguins get their best player back, they're still going to be down a lot of good ones. Well, it hasn't phased them to this point. And great insight from you. I don't think uh, the Crosby's crossed the border uh, just to hang out with Sid. They'd like to see him play as well. So but they didn't come just to see me. <laughs> well, I, everyone can assure us of that. So, uh, Rob, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, great stuff, as usual. Uh, you can find Rob Rossi, real Rob Rossi, on Twitter and also at theathletic.com. So thank you to Rob. And uh, one thing for me, Bryce, quickly is, you know, I'd be curious to see if we actually see Sidney Crosby take face-offs to start. Might be playing a little more wing than center, at least off the draw, but we'll uh, we'll see on that. So want to get to the inbox of the day question, question of the day. Uh, hashtag ask DFO. You can ask us on Twitter. And this one came in this morning, and it was, Bryce, can the Edmonton Oilers score 120 power play goals? That's from Michael Clark. And... The NHL record is 119. I believe it's actually held by the Penguins. Nice little segue there. The Oilers over the last couple years, historically one of the best conversion rates in NHL history. And I predicted that they would set a new record this year for that. But they've also been under one power play goal a game. You'd need to get to like almost one and a half power play goals a game to get to 120. Can they do it? Well, first off, when you've got arguably two of the best players offensively in the game right now um you know i'm never going to say that they can't do it right they're clicking at 47 percent right now in the power play like i'm telling you right now frank i would not want to have to be defending that and especially we see in the the reports that you got Connor mcdavid practicing one timers on his off flank so 
I, I, this is a great question. I really like it because it's just interesting to really get us thinking, hey, can we have another team that can do this on the power play? And, you know, and w- when we're going to get into the garbage time, I'm going to talk about the power play numbers and stuff like that. So I would say based on some of the stats that I'm finding, which I'll go on, go into later on, that they probably won't do this. Yeah, and I mean, history would suggest that that's the case. The record in the salary cap era since 05-06 actually belongs to the Toronto Maple Leafs, believe it or not. Coming out of the lockout, they scored 107 in that 05-06 season. That's the most anyone's gotten to uh, since then, uh, that 119 mark. So I don't know. Can they do it? I wouldn't bet against it. But the fact that they weren't over one power play goal a game in each of the last two seasons, well, I don't know. They've got a lot of work to do. So far, they have eight in five games. Let's get to our daily face-off, daily best bets. Let's bring in Tyler Uremchuk. The guy has been on an absolute heater. Seven straight winners from Tyler Uremchuk. So if you like to bet, you ought to listen in. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit surprised that another th- or a 3-0 weekend has me at seven in a row. Brings me up to 11-4-1 on the season. And uh, puts us at about plus five units as well, if my math is correct on that. Uh, but tonight in the best bets brought to you by PointsBet, I want to start with the Buffalo-Tampa Bay game. And at first, I was kind of eyeing this one up and going, ah, the Lightning were around, you know, minus 110 in regulation. I didn't mind that spot. But we have news that Brian Elliott is expected to be the starting goaltender tonight for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I am pivoting and going with over six goals in this game. The Sabres are averaging about three goals scored per game. And I know they're going up against the Lightning now. But with Elliott between the pipes, I think they can get three. And also, the Lightning are a high-powered offense themselves. And the over is hit in three of their five games so far this season. So I am really liking over six in Tampa Buffalo to keep my winning streak going in tonight. A really juicy slate so I actually have two more plays and we're gonna go right below there you can see Florida massive favorites against Arizona I honestly don't remember the last time a game has been this much of, of a wide margin on on the betting line like minus 391 you basically never see a line get close to minus 400 um, I, I, I was back and forth on this one like I've been making some money betting against the Arizona Coyotes and I'm going to stick with that strategy and take the Panthers on the puck line at minus 150. There's a part of me, because I've been betting on the sport for a few years, I'm going, I'm insane for taking a puck line at minus 150. But I just think the skill gap between these two teams is way too big. Spencer Knight expected to go for the Panthers. I like them at minus one and a half, paying minus 150. And my final bet of the night, we are going to Madison Square Garden, where the New York Rangers are taking on the Calgary Flames. The Flames got off to a great start against the Capitals, but blew a 3-0 lead. Eventually did win it in overtime, though. I like the Rangers in this game. They're getting Strom back. Igor Shostarkin has been great. Minus 140 is a solid price for me there. So that is my third play of the day. Again, they are Buffalo-Tampa over 6. Florida on the puck line at minus 150. And the Rangers at minus 140 on the money line at home against the Calgary Flames. Let's see if I can get this winning streak to double digits, Frank. Yeah, I mean, three plays, that would be pretty wild to go 3-0 and on the night after a 3-0 and weekend. And by the way, that uh, good thing you're not going with the Panthers there on the money line because if that was a loss, that'd be minus four units there. So pretty significant, yeah. uh, interesting development to watch. And I think you're not alone in someone that's been making some money off of the Arizona Coyotes to yeah. start the year. All right, now time for my favorite segment of the show. 
Uh, that would be garbage time, a time that pretty much the only time I would get on the ice when I played, but not for Bryce Salvador. Bryce, what has caught your eye here to start the NHL season? Well, the fact that goals have remained flat. Uh, Frank, I was in the camp that with the new cross-checking rules, that power plays are going to be up, that the power play goals are going to be as well equally up and that we'd have more goals as a as a result but as i dug some dug into the numbers here that hasn't been the case yes the cross checking penalties have been up we see 45 percent you know plus 30 over 32 from last season but look what the trend has happened because i know what every team did they went to the locker room and said hey we're gonna be we have to be uber cautious on not taking penalties so now what's happened the actual total amount of power power plays has gone down eight percent which is then led to a reduction in power play goals. So I don't know if this is what the league was ultimately hoping for. I think they wanted more power plays, more power play goals, and that hasn't been the case. And so what we've seen now through 78 games now, this doesn't include the games last night, is that the goals have been flat. So um, I give credit to the players for obviously managing the, the expectations on the power on the penalties they're not taking extra penalties um, but you know I don't know if this is also attributed to the fact that the penalty kills are really dialing, dialing in but I was actually even leaning on the other side of that too the coin Frank I was thinking well you're gonna see a bunch of teams that you didn't see last season new personnel players coaches are gonna be thinking okay what are we gonna get from the power play of these teams and can our players really quickly adjust on the penalty kill um, but that hasn't been the case either. So um, this was just really surprising to me, Frank, as I really was just diving into some power play stats. Yeah, really interesting. I, I guess looking at the numbers, you see that the cross-checking penalties are up significantly. I don't know that it necessarily feels that way when no. you're watching the game. I haven't noticed an abundance of them, but numbers don't lie. So thanks for digging into that, Bryce. And by the way, you know, a team off to a hot start like the Florida Panthers, their power play only clicking at 13%. Got to think for an undefeated team, that number actually gets better as we move on throughout the season. That's just one of the things that we're going to be watching, even though that's all the time that we have for today's show. Lots could happen between now and tomorrow's show, also at 12 noon Eastern. We've got our eye on the Chicago Blackhawks, the Toronto Maple Leafs. What do they do there? And the Jack Eichel watch, of course, continues. So my thanks to Bryce Salvador and everyone who makes the Daily Faceoff show happen behind the scenes. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow. And in the meantime, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.